What will you predict today? I predict we'll have a lively discussion. <laughs> yeah. I predict... That's a safe prediction. I predict a few um, really dark, ominous themes popping up. Okay. I, pre- I predict some, some direness, some uh, bleakness. All right. That sounds ominous. Ominousness. Ominousity. <laughs> We could make a rule right now that we're not going to make any dark predictions. Uh, I think we can go ahead and make dark predictions. I disagree with your rule. (laughs) Uh, I've pulled up. So yeah, welcome back, everybody. Today's Monday, January 23rd, 2023. 123-23. 123-23. My name is Bobby Flood. That's Jordan Bruno. We are the Mind Virus podcast, right? Yes, we are. Mindvirus.show on the web. Mind Virus podcast, if you're looking for us in one of the podcast aggregators. Um, today, we're going to make some predictions, our annual tradition. You can go back and listen to our previous predictions episode and find out how accurate accurate we are well i did i did send you an email with uh, kind of an overview of some of our predictions did you go through that yeah i did and i was two things stood out to me one by the way before we get into this i want to say give a shout out to dr nick riviera who's back hey dr nick um thanks for your comments on the website and i play the radio thanks for your uh consistent commentary <laughs> And uh, Kenny, thanks for checking in. Yes, uh, with Fauci and Yacinda Ardern stepping down, Bobby uh, only has Spencer Cox left to lampoon. Well, the good news is that Yacinda Ardern may have a lot more time, and maybe she would be open to the idea of going on a date. <laughs> with Jordan. <laughs> with me? I thought you were going <laughs> to offer to take her on a date. I saw this picture. We'll have to find it. It said, kids don't do globalism. And it had pictures of Yacinda Ardern as a, a young... Before and after? Yeah, like as a young woman. She kind of looked like a, you know, a, a fresh-faced nice co-ed girl. or teenager or something. Then, then a little bit older. She still looked pretty healthy. And then started kind of looking a little bony and weird and then the final one she just looks like a living skeleton she's practically nancy pelosi nancy pelosi did you hear this she had a literal exorcist come into her home and perform an exorcism to cast out demons after the incident with her husband Which is, I thought, of course, the jokes write themselves, right? It's like the exorcist showed up and he just picked her up and walked out of walked the house right and out. threw her into the trash can. We've exorcised the demons. <laughs> yeah, they do. But we can, never la- we can never talk about her again because she's no longer a speaker of the house. Right. 
We'll just memory hole that one. All yeah, those many yeah. years of uh, ang- uh, angst, of agony. The uh, Babylon Bee has a list of 2023 predictions, and here's their first two. January 1st, millions set out to read their entire Bible. January 4th, dozens still reading their entire Bible. <laughs> <laughs> and then they go from there. March 23rd, John Fetterman finally finishes taking his oath of office. <laughs> oh, boy. These are good. You got to pull these up. Okay. We'll, we'll link to them. Okay, I'll have to find those. But by the way, thanks, guys, for commenting. We do appreciate the commentary. We had some more lively commentary going the week before with me and uh, Whitaker on 9-11, if you want to check that out. It was riveting. Riveting. And <laughs> July 4th, Zelensky named President of the United States. <laughs> By like a commission? A commission of globalists? Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, we do appreciate your comments. <laughs> and by the way, uh, Pepe Le Pew, I have committed to, to do a t-shirt for you. I am just procrastinating that because you did actually accomplish the deadline for the short story, which is coming up. Yeah, I don't think we still have it. We don't. We still don't have any entries, right? We have Pepe Le Pew's entry, right? But beyond that, nobody else. Yeah, took advantage of the extended deadline. Well, the the deadline is extended until the second Groundhog Day, which yeah. is next Thursday. Okay. Are we going to put our money where our mouths are and actually write stories? Um, Let's do this predictions episode first. Okay. <laughs> I predict. Look, a fast car. Yeah, I don't. Do we want to go over some of our last year's stuff? One. So two things stood out to me about the predictions last year. One is that the things we were talking about back then are just memory hold. The, the, the news cycle moves so fast nowadays. And the second thing was that I wasn't very accurate. Well, why don't you get into yours and then I'll get into mine. I wrote you a paragraph on yours. Let me pull that up. I did the homework here. So Bobby's at the mercy of my memory and uh, my having listened to us at double speed (laughs) and made some notes. He, on the other hand, was pilgriming on the other side of the globe. All right. I'm uh, I'm pulling While you're looking that up, I mean... You said there was going to be a massive reversal on the COVID stuff, that uh, the media would be kind of like, uh, we've always believed lockdowns were ineffective and that we knew that vaccines were dangerous, that it would be a bad year for Democrats, that people are sick of the crap. <laughs> Just that was, a, that was the one of the predictions. People are sick of crap. I don't know. That, I can't remember. I mean, it takes, no, a, lot of, it I, takes a little it, bit it of does. bandwidth to it go does. back. And, I mean, we've... We've been doing this for a couple of years now. We've said a lot. Like, if you wanted to go, like, data mine what we've said, we've said a lot. We have said a lot. And at the same time, we haven't said very much. I'm looking over this, and and actually, it wasn't as far off. Like, I do think that there has been a big reversal on COVID, like, in, in ways, certain ways. There's still, like, it's almost like it's just a simmering fire over there, like some low burning coal like there's some money left over that keeps having to get spent on safe and effective yeah safe and, and effective we still Can somebody see, turn that off no it's it runs until 2026 right we still see you know some some fear-mongering and some mask 
mandates or call for mask mandates here and there. The vaccine is still being pushed, but not nearly like it was this time last year. And people are starting, people in the media, it's becoming more acceptable to talk about the dangers of it, of the vaccine. At least you're not getting censored as fast. You're not getting rushed off the stage as quickly. Right. Um, And I think part of that's due to Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter, which was not something we had anticipated. The Twitter files, that was a big... Right. A big thing. Bad year for Democrats. Kind of it was. Not as bad as I expected. Yeah, not be. as bad as anybody expected. I have to agree with you on that one. Um, we, we had both thought, if I, if I remember right, I think we had both uh, conceded the idea that the Republicans would take back both the Senate and the House. Like there was no way right. they couldn't get both houses of Congress. <clears throat> Wrong there. And wrong on the scope of how how bad of a year it would be for Democrats. Right. <coughs> the war on misinformation heating up. I think you're right about that. Yeah, that's, that continues. Misinformation and disinformation is still something that they use as a bludgeon to Right. The war on censor. free speech, speech is in high gear. It really is. Right. And Elon Musk, for better or worse maybe struck a temporary blow, but Twitter's starting to revert back to its old ways with some of the censorship and suppression and there's new algorithms and it's kind of a mess right now. So maybe they're going through some growing pains of trying some new things. The good news though is there are a lot of people who were banned who are no longer banned. Most of those people were team reality folks. Yeah, but it's kind of like, here, all you guys shut up while we spend all the money and do all the damage, and then, oh, we'll let you back in when it's too late, when you have no power, when the boards have taken your certifications. Right, right. When you, yeah. when you can't earn a livelihood anymore. When you've, lo- six, eight months after having lost your job, now try to get your job back, you know? Right. Which is why I think there was some, uh, <laughs> there were those weak calls for amnesty. Twitter, or not Twitter, but uh, COVID, COVID amnesty. Like, oh, yeah. you've got to forgive us. It was a mistake. That didn't go over well. No. Nor should it have, because there needs to be some accounting here. There needs to be, and there probably won't be. A lot of people are speculating the reasons why Yacinda Ardern retired, <laughs> resigned midterm. From the, you know, she's the prime minister of New Zealand, by the way, if you haven't been keeping up. She was. And uh, so it's. Which matters so much in America, but uh, for some reason. She's been horrible. It was that outlandish. It was that terrible. She was terrible during the, the height of all the COVID stuff. I mean, she was basically New Zealand was turned into a prison. You couldn't leave. You couldn't go there. It was people were put in camps. You know, quarantine hotels, people were, it, it was bad. It was really bad. Um, and she, she's on the record saying things like, we are your single source of truth. But also things like, a reporter asked her, it seems like you're creating a two-tier society. Yep, yep, we are. Mm-hmm. Um, she just had some of the best sound bites. So it is interesting that she would resign like this. Some people are speculating it's because 
she's trying to get ahead of any accountability. There's not going to be any accountability. That's, that's a big problem. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's my first prediction is nothing, (laughs) nothing will happen to the worst of the Mm -hmm. COVID offenders. Yeah. You, uh, you had said there were going to be some false flag anti-vaxxer terrorists, which we didn't really see. We didn't really see him blame any, any false flags on, uh, anti-vaxxers or j6ers yeah j6ers well there's been some uh some more exposure on the j6 thing you know the all the all the democrat stuff fell flat yeah the uh committee the j the january 6th committee basically everybody on that lost their election or was retiring uh i think his name is kinzinger adam kinzinger he was Mm -hmm. (laughs) he's now out there he selling signed copies of the January 6th commission for a hundred dollars. Is that one of the reps? <laughs> yes. He's one of the worst. He is a weasel. Anyway, uh. Uh, he is no longer part of Congress. He did not run for reelection. Oh, okay. I think now he's got a job at CNN. And oh, I, really? And I'm not joking. Really? Um, okay. But the new... Congress, the new House of Representatives, which does have a Republican majority, is apparently pushing to release all the security footage from the Capitol that day, which seems like a no-brainer to me, right? That should have always been public. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure. They wanted us to know the full story. I think the American people deserve to know the full story of what happened at the Capitol building that day. Mm-hmm. But for some reason... There's certain people who don't want us to know the full story. Right. Anyway, it'll but be I, interesting yeah, to see I don't if know that the, happens. Yeah, is there the political will to force force any repercussions from that to get the people out of jail, to out of their solitary confinement or out of their terrible conditions out there? There ought to be. I mean, if 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 these people, if the people in Congress have seen that footage and they know what really happened that day, then... Then it's political uh, lightning in a bottle for them if they can actually get it to see the light of day. Right. Then it would do one of two things. It would either either expose the fraud, you know, that this was an insurrection, and it would expose some of the deep state in the way that they manipulated events that day, or it would justify the fact that these guys have been in jail. So mm-hmm. what's there to lose? Well, other than exposing the deep state can sometimes have some consequences. You might have a heart attack. Yeah, or they find classified documents at your house. <laughs> right, that's, that's so... Is the tide turning on Biden? Are they preparing the way for Biden to be dismissed? Well, when... Or just not run again? When, when the FBI, yeah, when the FBI won't even observe the removal and the the fixing of the documents when they when they did a televised CNN perp walk style um exposé on Trump having classified documents it's uh it's remarkable to see the way that each of these things have been covered right people i think it was somebody on the view so take that for what it's worth which by the way march 3rd this is the Babylon B predictions. March third, Whoopi Goldberg says something racist. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> February sixteenth. Oh, here, February thirteenth. 
Kamala Harris reports that Biden had an unfortunate accident coming down the stairs. <laughs> February 16th, Kamala caught laughing while at Biden's funeral. <laughs> February 19th, Kamala Harris sworn in. <laughs> but um, weed, weed criminalized heavily. Weed is criminalized heavily in all 50 states on the 20th, by the way. March 3rd, Whoopi Goldberg says something racist. So speaking of the... the, the uh, bobbleheads on the view i think one of them said that the reason that it's a, it was okay to criticize trump for having classified documents because he's an evil person and biden is an honest good man and so it's not okay to criticize him for having classified documents and i think the whole classified documents thing is a little bit ridiculous but as the president of the united states he has the legal authority to declassify documents the vice president does not have that legal authority. Right. Hmm. Interesting. <clears throat> Plus, it gets a little bit deeper because, again, once again, Hunter Biden is involved. And a lot of the documents were at a house that Hunter Biden paid $50,000 in rent, I think. Per month. Per month, which is, that's quite the rent. <laughs> to his dad. <laughs> <clears throat> it just reeks of uh, money laundering. <clears throat> and there's a, there, <laughs> it's just the jokes write themselves, right? Yeah. I, they were kept in a garage with his Corvette, which Biden showed off, right? He had this video of him showing off mm -hmm. a Corvette and people have gone back to that video and they see in the background a box that says important documents. <laughs> it's like, it's just ridiculous. <clears throat> but it's interesting to see this little pivot on Biden. And I think they're, I don't think he's going to get removed. Here's another prediction. Biden will serve his four-year term, but they're not going to, they will not run him again, nor will they, they run Kamala Harris. She's done. Kamala Harris, is, her career is over. And so I guess the question would be, who's, who are they going to run next? And I do, I do have some ideas there, but Okay, so that's Bobby's first prediction. I think I'll write this down so I don't have to go listen to us next year. Yeah, yeah, I don't think they're going to replace Biden. This this Babylon B article is great. We're going to probably go through the whole thing, but uh, we should just use the Babylon B for April, our, our actual predictions. April fourth, the war in Ukraine ends. April fifth, the war in Taiwan begins. Well, and that was the big news this year, right? Um, what, and that and and the Babylon Bee is totally onto it because it's like COVID, 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 war with Russia, Russia. We're back to Russia. Right. Russia is evil. Russia invaded Ukraine. <clears throat> it's pretty clear that uh, that uh, Russia's red line or their line in the sand was that Ukraine could not join NATO. Right. Mm -hmm. That no more or no further NATO encroachment. No more states. They weren't, they weren't going to let other nation states join up with uh, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization because it had gone too far. And um, so there was some news recently that the State Department had, or the intelligence agencies had uh, credible sourced intelligence that they knew that that was their line in the sand, yet they were pushing... Ukraine to join well, there was a, NATO Putin, as fast as possible. Putin gave a speech. He, I think he had said it. And he was like, 
in that speech, he was very adamant, like NATO expansion is off the off limits. Yeah, <clears throat> and NATO had agreed multiple times not to further expand. Right, but they continued to do it to antagonize Russia. So, what I'm saying is that the the powers that be know they knew they were starting a war by doing that. They knew that Russia would be forced to in uh, act, and Russia did act according to the the good old Bush doctrine, in that they viewed an imminent threat. They saw that you know there was this ethnic people that was being attacked by part of their own country. So they intervened essentially on the same terms that the United States has intervened around the world before many times. So, and, and you know, so far a year into this, they've been true to their statement. They've, they've basically stayed in the East where their ethnic relatives live. And they've only escalated their attacks on re- Ukrainian infrastructure when they've been attacked in their own sovereign territory. So, but that, but who, who would have saw that coming as the big distraction from COVID? I guess just well, Martin Armstrong. You, you kind of did. You, you didn't say necessarily Ukraine, but you've been talking about war for a while. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So if we go through some of the stuff that I, that I had noted, um, yes, they intended to get the, to have the Republicans gain control. I wasn't quite so right on that, but, uh, I was correct that people were having a hard time letting go of COVID, that the reality and the corporate media are sort of detached, but the media is not letting go of the unreality. You know, this whole idea that Truman brought up, Truman had, uh, one of our friends had, had made a few predictions the week before, and he talked about the castle siege against our minds. He thought that all the court cases opposing the mandate would fail 100%, but that wasn't the case. We saw a few court cases, even at the Supreme Court, uh, work in favor of people who are against vaccines and against these COVID lockdowns. Um, Cr- Truman, though, did sort of outline this uh, creeping destruction. And I, I think that's kind of what we saw was a co- continued creeping offenses against reality, offenses against freedom and whatnot. And um, the media always one of the things I said was we're not going to go back to the way it was before and the media will continue to rationalize and support whatever the current garbage is, right? And so we have seen that, right? Yeah, and the current thing is moves faster and faster. There's a, it's just, there's, it's impossible to keep up nowadays. Right, get on board with the current thing and then we're not going to talk about the next thing, but we're going to create another crisis that you'll have to solve over here. So you can't go back and worry about Biden's documents. So you can't go back and worry about the guy that collapsed on the football field. Right. One thing I did point out that I think has actually come to fruition is that you would see the media say stuff like, um, because the vaccine people are so powerful, they would say, okay, kids shouldn't take it, but you should take it. Right. And I don't think the pharmaceutical companies have backed off from trying to get kids to take it, but the media has kind of backed off and the CDC is kind of backed off from having kids take it, but they still are saying, yeah, but you should get your booster if you're uh, in a certain right. part of the uh, populace and you still demographic. See the, the COVID grifters, the guys like the MDs and some of these people that really rose to fame during the, during the crisis are having a tough time because they know that it, when this, they know they're, not, they're no longer relevant. 
you know, they they had their limelight where they were these experts and, and they're still out there, you know, get your 12th booster, wear your mask. This is, this is not over. Saw one, this was a really interesting clip. I think it was a Canadian television uh, news program and the, the anchor's like, we'd like to welcome so-and-so to the program. Tell us about stroke season. <laughs> And the guy's like, "Yeah, this is this is crazy. It's not something I even knew about. I didn't know about this until just recently. But you, you know, after a flu season, do you have a link to that? Yeah, I'll find it. So Canada stroke season. Uh, But the guy's like, after you know, after flu season, I I didn't know this, but uh, it's really common to have stroke season. And we've just coming, we're just coming off of a flu season, and yeah, now we're starting to see a lot more strokes." And it's just like, what the, it, it, what, what was really interesting to me was his admission that like, I didn't know about this. And what's unsaid is until I was told to know about it, that this is the narrative, right? Stroke was this season. Is a doctor or somebody? Is a doctor, like at a hospital. I didn't know there was a stroke season. But now the people told me to tell you that there's a stroke season. It's remarkable. But uh, uh, you want to look, you know, in, as far as predictions go, right? Last week was the annual Davos meeting, right? Mm-hmm. WEF. Some journalists from Rebel News, also a Canadian outfit, got, uh, got to uh, Albert Bourla, CEO of Pfizer. Bourla. Did I send you that clip? Yeah. They're walking along with him and they're asking him questions. Do you need to apologize? Did you lie? What about all the dead people? Did you know the data about the vaccine was bad? They're just going, and he just, he just says, have a nice day. And they're like, no, I won't have a nice day. You need to answer these questions. And they harass him in a, in a civil manner. They don't threaten his safety or anything, but they're asking him tough questions, and he's unable to answer them. Later, I don't know if it's the same day or the next day, he goes on to one of these sit-down shows uh-huh. at the event and does some damage control. You know, the vaccines are safe and effective. I don't know if that's what he sounds like. Huh. I don't remember. But uh, it's just and the, the news coming out of this, this, uh, these meetings is incredible. It's so stupid. And yet these people are very serious and they're very powerful. But uh, they want us to live in digital smart cities or uh, they call them like five minute cities where everything that we would possibly need is within a five-minute walk, which is called a prison. They want us uh, digitally cataloged. Uh, You know, you had the king of England or whatever his name is. I think it was him saying, no, 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 it was Tony Blair. It's Tony Blair, the former prime minister of England, saying we need everybody, we need a digital database to track vaccines. You had Al Gore saying that nuclear the equivalent of nuclear bombs were going off every day in the ocean. Like hundreds of people thousands are, of nuclear bombs. People are nuts, but they're very serious. And it's very much, Al Gore also said that they were chosen people. They were enlightened to bring this to the world. Wasn't it uh, Jim Carrey? Uh, uh, What's his name, Jim Carrey? Jim Carrey is a person. He's an actor. He's in Truman Show. Who's the guy that ran for president? <laughs> John Kerry. John Kerry, not Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Okay, how can I think of Jim Carrey? John Kerry said said something too. He, about them being select people. Yeah. 
elect, yeah. select. Uh, yeah, they're called to bring the world to truth. <laughs> extraterrestrial. <laughs> right. Almost. Uh, yeah, these, these people are nuts, and yet. They're very influential. You had people from all governments all over the world there. You had wealthy people, billionaires. And it's fun, it's fun to just look at them and go, you guys are all nuts. These ideas are stupid until you realize that the governments of the world are all controlled by these people. And that things like a smart city or a 15-minute city, five-minute city is actually being talked about right here in the great state of Utah. And it's like, they don't want us did in cars. Did you just say the raped state of Utah? The mind-raped <laughs> state of Utah? Or did you, I said when you the, said raped, I you said meant the, the mind-raped I said the state. great, the great state of Utah. Oh, okay. Led by the venerable and honorable Spencer Cox. <laughs> Botherable? <laughs> uh, Nominal? Hey, and to the comment about losing our status tr trinity, there's always, we'll find other there's always others. There's always others. So uh, getting back to my predictions here, I want to just point out two more things. I won't go through the whole bit of notes that I had, but I was wrong on economic collapse. I think I had pointed out I thought the economy was going to really collapse during 2022. I was wrong about that, clearly. But I think what I was right about was... You were half... I mean, things aren't healthy in the well, economy. The, it, but it can only, we can only say it's really collapsed when everything crashes and, and every, everyone starts saying the sky is falling, right? Right. So like 2008, we had one of those examples where it was like, okay, even the news is on board with this. It's now time to, you know, time to panic. Remember the Simpsons, uh, the Simpsons newscaster and they'd have on the, on the board behind him, time to panic. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I'll make a note, try to find that image. It's hilarious. So, because the idea, the Simpsons know, knew even way back then that, you know, the news tells you what to think. And so they would tell you when to panic. But it, I, was, uh, I was wrong about that. One of the things I pointed out is that the truth would not come out in media. And it was interesting because last year about this time, we had just seen the, the Joe Rogan podcasts with Dr. Malone, Peter McCullough, and... 40 million, 50 million people had watched that. RFK Jr. had written his book. And it was like, hey, there's a lot of light breaking forth here. There's a lot of truth coming out. And I was thinking, is this, is this a tipping point? And it, and it kind of, it's, I think it's a tipping point for a lot of people in their hearts and minds. But for the control of society, it is not. It is like, yeah, 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 more of the same. Mm -hmm. And so my point was that truth would not come out in, in legacy or old media and that they will continue. What I was correct about was that this whole thing appears to be, everything that's going on appears to be intended to create conflict. Sorry if I'm yelling into the mic here. The, it's all good. The, uh, I think I was correct on that point, that the, the things that are going on appear to be intentionally crafted to create conflict because we're easier to control when we're divided, right? Mm -hmm. So it's divide and conquer territory. The public is being divided, and they're easily controlled. And, and that makes some sense as to why the Congress would be split the way it is and how the, they would fight so hard. You know, there, there's no, they're not going to swing it back to Republicans. It, do, it does appear that there is significant momentum in the anti-statist, anti-globalist side of things. And, and they must, there must be a, a somewhat of a tenuous, somewhat of a 
a fragile grip that they have upon society, even though they have strong control through the mechanisms of government, if they lose the mind control thing, then they lose control. And so that's, that's why I think people like Alex Jones are so attacked. Uh, why these doctors have been so attacked is because if they lose control of the narrative, they really will lose control because they, they only loosely control the, the control mechanism. They, they, they don't own, not everybody, a very, very small number of people gets to circle in these star chamber groups like Davos, right? The WWF of, <laughs> of world economics. The, those people are in a small, tight oligarchy, and yeah, and they probably have some, some very private meaning, meetings compartmentalized between various groups of them that are James Bond-ish, star right, chamber-ish. Right. But and I'm saying that's I'm 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 saying that's nuanced. I'm not saying that it looks like you think it looks. I'm saying it's very nuanced, and that these people are asserting control over each other, and they'd slit each other's throats if they could, you know. But the people that control the money, they're they're very carefully working behind the scenes to control things like the World Economic Forum, like the governments through those through those means, control people through uh, United Nations mechanisms and non-governmental organizations in the US State Department and the Council on Foreign Relations all of those things are are really tricky full of political and and um, social intrigue you know it's not an it's not like they go it's not like you join the Council on Foreign Relations and then they just put you through some sort of secret ceremony and tell you everything right. no they they would slowly indoctrinate you into their their program and only the only the cream of the crop in that system are ever going to rise to the point where they understand what the full what the full program is but anyway i do think i was right on the divide and conquer stuff and um that the truth would not come out in media and it does look like we're experiencing more of the same that's that's one of those things i i've been thinking a lot about lately is it just it looks like they intend to uh, bring us to war because war is the best way to change society, but it takes a lot to get the world into the right type of war. They need, they can't have it burn out too fast. They have to have it achieve their ends. And so they're going to try and set up all the dominoes the way they want it and then try to ride this tiger. That's what I, th I think. I, and I'm not predicting war this year, but uh, I'm, I'm going to say more of the same on the divide and conquer. I've been practicing for a, uh, living in a post nuclear war society. I've been p playing a game called fallout 76. Oh, okay. So I'm really good at scrounging cans of food, scraps of this, scraps of that. Shooting people and looting the corpses. Yeah. Mostly uh, like ghouls. <clears throat> oh, there's ghouls in it. There's ghouls. Cause they've been like, uh, like radioactively modified. Yeah, yeah. So it's okay to shoot them. Yeah. Well, they're attacking me. You wouldn't shoot them if they weren't attacking you, right? If the ghouls were minding their own business, yeah, mostly. <laughs> and I'm sure that's exactly what the a post nuclear war society would What's be like. What's the '76 part of it? Well, the premise. So the Fallout series is a long, uh, ongoing classic video game series. I think Fallout 1 came out in like the late 90s. And uh the fall so the Fallout series is this uh game franchise 
that takes place in a post nuclear war America. There's one one game you, you know it's out in the Vegas deserts and there's another one this this particular one Fallout 76 takes place in West Virginia and 76 refers to Vault 76 which was the Fallout shelter that my that the player character went into before the nukes dropped. You were selected as one of the best and brightest. You were selected for this vault and there are a lot of different vaults some you know anyway so you get put in the vault 76 and then <clears throat> you lived in there for many years 25 30 years and then the game starts with the you know the vaults opening and you get to go back out into society and of course society is still a ruin nobody knows what to expect in and society. and it's full of uh, raider gangs and and vigilantes and ghouls and all kinds of stuff <clears throat> every one of them shootable and oh yeah the, i mean the, the the world is really interactable and uh, there's tons of stories and quests and you don't run into people that like you don't want to shoot well you run into other yeah there's there's people that you don't shoot and then there's other player characters are in this world as well so it's a multiplayer oh, really? game and you can instigate fights with them i tend to keep to myself and I just like running around exploring, and I've built a little cabin, and it has some things there to supplied, yeah, rocket launchers, <laughs> stuff like that. So it's good practice for the real thing. Yeah, just like when when I was playing a game, uh, <laughs> was in a post pandemic world when when the pandemic hit and everything and shut down, and I was off. like. Did I start this? Did I cause this? Did this game? This game is too close to home. What game was that? That's called The Division 2. And that's another shoot 'em up. <clears throat> A lot of shoot 'em ups. <clears throat> so, anyway. Yeah. If you want to start practicing for a post nuclear war America, you could play one of the Fallout games. <clears throat> or it's, gonna, can, it, it's realistic, huh? Oh, it's spot. It's a. It's. It doesn't get more realistic. <laughs> I thought that the... Did you ever watch the TV series Jericho? It was like a, 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 um, yeah. a season and a half. I saw a little bit of that. I think a few episodes. I thought that was a good one for post-nuclear yeah. uh, post war type of a small town America thing. Like if they had a pretty good take on it, I thought. Even though it was Hollywood and right. you know, kind of dragged on and there was some interesting... I think a post-nuke, like we're talking like not just a nuke drops, but I mean like apocalypse type nuclear. I think the post of that would be horrendous. I think Hollywood and these games make it sound somewhat romanticized and adventurous. I think it would yeah. be an absolute hell. Well, the uh, the... Jericho series I thought was closer to real reality in a lot of ways because first it was in a small town so they had a lot more resiliency from that and they were kind of out on the edges where they weren't super affected by the bombs right yeah but the first thing was nobody knew who who had attacked what had right. happened that so that I think was a, a an interesting factor then it's you watch him struggle for food which would have been a lot bigger struggle all the time, but there were only a few episodes where they had to worry about food, right? Yeah, the food, the food thing would, would be what would kill the remaining people because famine, I mean, because... Well, and fighting for the food. No supply chains. You're not going to go to the grocery store and buy food. Yeah. 
Um, and then, yeah, those who did have some food would be in a constant state of defending it. I think the road, Cormac McCarthy's The Road, which we've talked about before, is a much more realistic portrayal of that kind of society. You just have roaming bands of cannibals. Uh, it'd just be kill on sight, murder on sight. You'd have to hide a lot. You would, if you know, they find a place. He, he and his son. It's a father and son, and they find a an old uh, kind of a cellar full of canned food and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they they eat, they feast on it. It's great, but they can't. They know they can't stay there because somebody's gonna come along and find it and kill them over it. So they take what they can and move on. And mm-hmm. I think that's a much more bleak and probably realistic. Example. See, I don't know. I think there's gradations, right? Like people are still going to try to maintain community. It all depends on how much food, right? It all depends on how much uh, stuff there is available to maintain society. And in the case of Jericho, they had access to some farm farmlands and um, could you? That's assuming you could grow food in those kinds of in that kind of a scenario that the air and the water and the soil wouldn't be just toxic. Well, yeah, I, I guess I got to I got to find some uh, I was talking to a friend the other day about this and I've got to find some of the data but my understanding is that the I the Soviet era notion of nuclear winter is sort of propaganda. Mm-hmm. This idea that we could really damage the environment that much mm-hmm. is is a lot propaganda. The question is from from the crowd that I've researched and and, and I've spent significant time looking into things like uh, wind patterns mm-hmm. and fallout and w- w- what happens in in the immediate aftermath of a nuclear attack, you need to survive the first fourteen days as far away from the radiation as you possibly can mm-hmm. because that will determine your next one month, three months, one year three years, five years, 20 years. And, mm-hmm. and so if you don't want to die a horrific death, a slow death over a few months of radiation poisoning, you need to stay out of the radiation for the first couple of weeks. First seven days is, is really important. Then the next seven days, because of half-lives, right, mm-hmm. um, is, is still important, but not as important. And then um, you, you uh, need to find clean water, if you can, you know, but, but by 14 days, a lot of it is dissipated, especially the fallout. Now, the place that gets uh, nuked, the center of the nuclear, of the military installation or whatever big city or wherever the nuke hit, that's going to have radio, radioactive effects for much longer. But mm-hmm. the fallout is the, the big thing you're worried about, and that's only a, about a 14-day window. So a lot of people would be sick from radiation poisoning, but in places like, see, Jericho was supposed to be a, uh, either in, I think it was in Kansas, like Western, it's supposed to be Western Kansas on the Colorado border type of a thing. So it's right. like out in the middle of nowhere. The the writers had actually done some research on, you know, what might this, wh- where might you not be as affected mm-hmm. as just totally blown up? and. And the just really interesting things like airplanes having to land on interstates. Uh, Jericho ends up fighting with a neighboring town that had a manufacturing facility. So the manufacturing facility was able to, they were able to, to build mortars and attack their neighbors and they were fighting over salt, right? which is an age old thing. They were fighting over the salt mine and which was in Jericho's jurisdiction or whatever. 
and the you see the the roving gangs pop up almost immediately from the criminal element that existed previously mm-hmm. and so then they start to hoard resources and it becomes a big uh you know tribal sort of a tribal endeavor and and the town of Jericho is trying to maintain sort of its civility right and trying to work together because of the the leadership of the town and and they're they're constantly being pulled pulled at by these other elements but um anyway i I think it's interesting for a lot of reasons there and what happens is after a while they they then become um aware of remnants of the military right and they they are they're they're at the mercy of of the information right so at one point they think the military's come to to save them but it turns out it's just a rogue element that's not nobody's in charge of and then after a while there are mercenaries that are hired by the the, the government that says they're the new government mm-hmm. but then there's a fight for who the real government is you know so so that a lot of that does kind of make sense i think one one thing that it uh one thing that the show sort of glosses over is how strongly embedded the United States continuity of government system is. Like, I don't think you're, you're going to have a hard time knocking out the command structure or, or what, what, what purports to be the command structure that gets to own the totality of what the United States of America is. Right. Cause those guys, those guys have spent, I mean, if there's one thing that our people have spent our tax dollars on, it is that how to keep control out of your hands, how to keep control in their hands, how to keep control over the military and the nukes yeah, yeah. And, and the resources of the government. I think in, in a scenario like that, you would probably have the military under the directions of whoever's left of the government. <clears throat> Sorry. Telling us to turn in all of our resources. Take your food storage, your water storage, your guns, your ammo, and turn them in here, and then they'll be redistributed equally type of a thing. And I think you might, yeah. Because they can't have people just self-sustaining, you know, especially in little enclaves or communities of people out there. Uh, they might have to deal with the local militia at that point. I mean, small towns. Well, at that point, you'd probably see a lot of formations of militias, people yeah. banding together, you know, in their small town and saying, we're not, we're sticking together. I mean, we're, our, we're not going to give up our guns and our food to the I know, spe- I know people from small towns. They talk about where they're going to put the roadblocks. I mean, if you think you're going to go up into the mountains, right? they're already talking about blocking the canyons at certain points in Utah. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> so we you may have come in and can't come in and last minute take advantage of their preparations. We might have talked about this. When, remember when the, when the COVID shutdowns happened, it was like the, a matter of three or four days, right? We went from somewhat normal life, there was kind of some talk in the air, to being locked down. Yeah. And that's it, likely what will happen is that the mili- any military elements will start to control movements of people. Well, so you don't even have to worry about right. their roadblocks. What we didn't see were the roadblocks. But the, yeah. the Wasatch Front, for example, would be really easy to pin people in here. You'd roadblock I-15 down south. Right, mm-hmm. right by Nephi, where the the cities start to peter out. Right, you go up north, up by by uh, uh, Brigham City. Yeah, you block I eighty out by the airport. You block it at the canyon. 
Oh, yeah. The Wasatch Front is easily controlled in that and sense. And then you would need like maybe Provo Canyon and pretty much that's it. Maybe the Cottonwood Canyons, if but those depending on the time of year, those are inaccessible anyway to go up and over and get out of here. Mm-hmm. And it would be pretty easy to 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 prevent anyone from leaving this valley or from coming into it if they wanted to. But I think you're right too. Small towns would could barricade themselves and create kind of this thing you see in video games and movies where you know you approach and there's there's concrete and barbed wire and tin and metal and yeah guards and yeah. you know who, who goes, goes there, there? <laughs> state your business yep you know you see that in like the mailman or turn around the post uh uh the postman and yeah, water Kevin world Costner. that kind of stuff <laughs> kevin costner post-apocalyptic movies now i think it would take a lot to get to that point a lot of destruction and I don't know if I'd even want to live in, in that kind of a world. Well, I don't know if, you take, know, take, you kind of have to roll with it. Take my chances in a, in a cave in the mountains if, if you could get there. So anyway, with nuclear war, I don't think we're going to get nuclear war this year. I'm not predicting that this year. But right. it seems closer and closer. It could be in the next couple of years. Well, it's, it's just we're playing with something really dangerous. The way that... The way that... Russia is being, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Being antagonized, provoked, provoked antagonized. Yeah, provocation. And what could happen is if, if the powers that be are determined to really implement a great reset, a nuclear bomb would be a great way to do it. Um, and it might be that they just drop one and they blame Putin, and it's not even really Putin. It might be that they frame it in, you know, some rogue terrorist group got a hold of one and drops it. Yeah, go somewhere. watch go watch the movie Life of Brian and watch the mob in the movie Life of Brian. You know, that it's hilarious, but it's not because Right. All they have to do is set, is shoot off a nuke somewhere and then blame it on whoever they want and the Russians will protest and say it wasn't us. And we'll yeah. say it was you, you, and that's it. We'll just declare war on them. You just said Jehovah. Yeah. No, you Jehovah. just said it. <laughs> I don't know if that's the scene you're referring to, but eventually they all just end up killing each other. <laughs> well, there's the one where they they find the shoe. They find his shoe on the ground, and the right. the mob is following him. And but it it would be pretty. It's kind of uh, like the, the it's kind of like in the Holy Grail where they they burn the witch. Right. It's like. Where they weigh her on the scales and it goes up, and it's like okay, yeah, it it's it could happen, right? And I think that's something that a lot of people are warning about right now. But the 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 saber rattling, the pounding the drums of war is really disturbing when you see people in our governments and other governments uh, talking about this. Lindsey Graham, warmonger Lindsey Graham, was out there recently saying this one needs to be escalated and it needs to go on for as long as it takes. And we got to get, Ukraine's got to have tanks. Germany, you better give Ukraine tanks. And it's, it's kind of frightening when you think that these people are deranged and will do anything uh, to increase their own power. And one of the best ways they can do that is war. They love war because it's like they have all these toys and they want to play with them. They know they're not going to be the ones over there dying in the war. Lindsey Graham, he can't even 
lift a rifle, let alone shoot one. Well, uh, the former prime minister of Russia, who who he's like the, uh, is he a Putin protege? This Medvedev, Medvedev guy. Um, I don't know. Maybe. I I don't know, but he was the guy that took over for a few years while they straightened out the laws so that Putin could continue to run Russia. He there's this article here on uh, Zero Hedge that he's warning that the world is on the brink of World War Three due to the West the West's escalating of this war, which it is, you know. Right. I know a lot of people don't want to see Ukraine get taken over by the Russians, but it's just so much more complicated than that. And we've talked about that. Yeah, they make it sound like... they Just because they invaded, right? But remember, we invaded Iraq. Right. We invaded Afghanistan. They, Yeah, and they make it sound like this is a... a an unprovoked, unprecedented invasion when it's an ongoing conflict that's been going on for a long time, especially with the Crimea area. Yeah, very clearly it's been going on for a long time. And it's about the self-determination of the Donbass area, the Luhansk area. Right. <clears throat> December 31st, the last remaining person still reading their through their Bible finally finishes it. <laughs> the Babylon Bee. Yeah. Okay, well, what that, those were kind of some dire predictions, and we already broke the rule about no dark predictions. Well, I don't think we made those actual predictions. We just kind of were talking about possibilities. <laughs> we said Medvedev said we were on the brink. Right. Well, a lot of people are saying that we're on the brink. Well, it's pretty obvious we're on the brink. Right. <laughs> this is a kind of situation where it's like one event could spiral everything out of control. Yeah, that one Gulf of Tonkin, right? Right. And remember, of course... That never happened. They just made that up, which is what we were just postulating, is they'll just drop a nuke somewhere. Right. Or tell us that a nuke has been dropped somewhere. <laughs> Wag the dog. Right. Well, anyway, so what, what do you think is going to happen this year? Uh, we got, for the sake of making predictions, we have to make a few predictions. Elon Musk, October 27th. Elon Musk buys The View, promptly cancels the show forever. <laughs> <laughs> Well, here's a prediction. Forever. Okay, so we, I, I, I've made the one prediction about Joe Biden. Here's another prediction about a country's leader. I, I think Justin Castro, or sorry, Justin Trudeau, is in for a very rough year in Canada. And I would not be surprised if he either loses a special election or resigns, like Yacinda Ardern. And then those two will marry... And they will move to a bunker somewhere, an undisclosed location, and have a bunch of little tyrant children. <laughs> and in the next generation, they will run the world. And they will know that their mother is their single source of truth. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I do think Justin Trudeau has a bad year. That's one other prediction for me. Okay. From me. <clears throat> But I. But uh, how about um, you're predicting not World War Three yet? <laughs> not yet. Although we could definitely see an escalation over the, over there in the Ukraine. 
I mean, the people that are kind of have control over whether or not there's escalation or not are all calling for escalation. I'm I'm saying we're definitely going to see escalation. And so let's let's define escalation. Does that mean foreign government or foreign armies like the United States military and maybe some others are on the ground fighting that war? Or does it spread more to like Poland or in more into parts of Russia? What do we mean by escalation? I mean Russia will take wider control of the country. You think they're going to take over Ukraine? Like completely? They will they will probably take over the country militarily but say that they're going to allow the the uh Ukrainian Kiev regime to adjust and they're going to make plans to they're going to be talking about splitting it down the middle. Do they dispose of Zelensky? Yeah. See, he's going to move to the United States and become the president of the United States. He will become president of uh, Rhode Island <laughs> or some, some... No, he'll be, he could come here and be president a, of a major and bank, be a maybe. huge celebrity just for doing nothing. He could you mean like uh, William and Megan? Or is it, is it what's his name? Uh, it's not William. I don't know. It's Her- Harry. 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 I, I don't know. I don't want to ever think about them again. You can get a you can, sorry. That's what I think about them. You can get a book that he wrote, and he also reads the audio version. I saw an excerpt, and I it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. He talks about his body parts, and I, it's bizarre and terrible. And why? November ninth, Pizzagate conspiracy confirmed true. So I'm saying that Russia will take control of uh, Ukraine to depose Zelensky and set the foundation for a new regime. At least that's going to be their story to the international. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's likely to happen or be in progress uh, by the end of the year. Okay. What do you do? So when you say escalation, what do you think? No, I I think. I think, uh, yeah, more money to Ukraine. I think, I think we might see the United States or NATO become more overtly involved. Right now, it's basically a proxy war. We might see some air support. I think that means war, though, doesn't it? It does. It does. I mean, it is war. And anybody who thinks we're just, quote, standing with Ukraine is ignorant because we're fighting a war. It's just a proxy war. This is exactly how World War II began. Yeah, we're, we're funding every bullet that flies over there. Yeah. On the Ukrainian side, anyway. Right. World War III, brought to you by Pfizer and the American <laughs> taxpayer. Right. Who, t- who funds Pfizer. Brought to you by Lockheed Martin. Brought to you by Raytheon. It could be Pfizer. <laughs> well, Pfizer too. All those bio labs over there. Yeah, that's one thing that doesn't get talked about, all the bio labs in Ukraine. Yeah. Okay, so NATO becoming more overtly involved, but not quite a declaration of war. Sure. <laughs> okay. But next year, probably war. Probably like around New Year's Day or something. Possibly. 
Uh, gas prices are going to go up, is my guess. As the summer comes back, I mean, they're commodity still pr- high. Commodity prices, I think they're going to go up. Prices, yeah, people are saying that there's going to be a big real estate collapse. Like the home home prices are going to collapse. They are starting to drop. Yeah, used cars are starting to drop. It looks like used car prices will drop. January 6th, AOC dies again of PTSD after recounting her death on January 6th. So do you think commodity prices are going to rise? <laughs> I, I don't... I, I mean, like, the prices are... Uh, how, come how, on, I don't know. Like, it's possible because they want to keep those things scarce. Like, eggs right now are super expensive. Why? Well, because they're killing bajillions of chickens who have apparently have avian right. flu, right? Bird flu. I think they want to keep us it's off the flying balance. flu. They want to keep us all off balance, right? They don't want us to be comfortable or prosperous. Well, if, so, if you live in a city, they definitely want you right. to be under their control. <clears throat> so I think one way to do that is just to keep things, just to keep you know jerking us around. Mm-hmm. And I say they, I don't know who they def- necessarily the is. The oligarchy. But um, those people that are trying to start this war. You might have. You might have commodity prices come down a bit, and so people feel like things are getting better, only to then pull the rug out from under us with war or some other crisis, right? Some other virus. I mean, at this Davos meeting, they're talking about the next pandemic. They're just out there saying it. And I've always said, you have to take these people at face value for what they say. They tell us what they're going to do because they're God kings, and they... They tell us what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. So do you think housing prices are going to drop? Yeah, I think we'll see a, a housing collapse. But I also think you're going to maybe see demand for new homes drop some too. <clears throat> I don't know if I want to say collapse. Definitely in certain areas of the country, collapse. I'm kind of curious about a nearby place where there's a lot of vacant lots. Uh-huh. Very expensive with very nice, expensive homes being built. I'm curious to see... How that all shakes out. How that shakes out. If all of those lots... The lots were bought up very quickly, but I'm curious to see if they get built very quickly or if we might see some vacant lots over there for a while or even yeah. some half-built homes. There was a smaller tract south of you, you know, that last last cycle, pretty much all of those homes turned over mm-hmm. and they were nice homes and... You know, right? I, I can only think of one person that is there that built that their own house and stayed there, right? So, it, yeah, I'm just kind of curious there, and and I'm not, I'm financially pretty much illiterate, and so I I don't know what's going to happen with all that, but I don't think anything's going to be normal or comfortable ever again. <laughs> they they know they've got us, right? They know that they can just jerk us around, and we're going to go along with it. The, the pandemic changed everything. It was a brilliant success for the oligarchy. Yes, it was and in until, a lot until of ways. We, until we start pushing back and saying, no, we're not going along with your, your, your demands, It'll, they'll continue to have that success and that power over us. Yeah. So I keep looking for that economic correction you know, this could be the year, but, but there's a lot of money. And this is again, according to Martin Armstrong, he seems to have some, a pretty good head on his shoulders, uh, in a lot of ways, at least 
in my opinion, as I've tried to match up what's happened in the last few years based on what he's taught, he's saying, look, the money's flowing out of Europe. It's leaving Europe and it's going to come to the United States. So that's going to sort of stabilize American markets. It's going to push the American stock market up when it should be going down. It's going to keep the dollar strong. It's going to keep, uh, you know, American industry strong because Europe is destabilizing. Europe is, uh, essentially on the chopping block, it's ready to be destroyed here. Because why? Because we can't buy oil from Russia. So therefore their economy is going to collapse and, they, and they've got to send all their money to Ukraine and they all, they've all got to gear up for war. So, so the, the capital, the, the savings, the, the people who have money will be moving it out of Europe into the United States. Mm-hmm. It's it's a solid <clears throat> assertion. I think it appears to be happening because the for all intents and purposes <laughs> things are not good, and it should things should look worse than they are. Right. I think we've been living off of um, kind of a, a bu- we've been living on an inflating bubble for a while. Yeah. So anyway, <clears throat> that that economic collapse that's a that's a tough one. I I think it I think it's just slow moving I guess is Yeah, it's is, been an ongoing slow motion event, I think. Yeah. That it's one of those things that goes slowly until it doesn't and then it's suddenly. It's slow, gradual until it's sudden. What do you think about like an internet holiday or a bank holiday? Like we've we've postulated that in the past that at some point there'll be a shutdown and good old uh, Santa Claus over there was talking about cyber attack again. Yeah, yeah. Klaus Schwab was talking about cyber attacks again. You got to take these people at face value, and I think that that's definitely a possibility. We we've predicted that in the past, and it hasn't happened. We never the, put any specificity to that prediction. I still think it's going to happen, but the question is when. Yeah, I think that it, again. That's another really great way to to sow a bunch of chaos and. Imagine the things that would change without the internet. If the internet was down for a week, and I mean, I don't just mean your ISP. I mean like the entire internet. Like you're not getting, you're not paying for anything with credit cards. The problem, the problem, you're not getting gas. You're not getting groceries. You're not paying bills. You don't have information your cell phone doesn't work very well because i think i think in 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 line with that they would shut down the cell phone towers as well so do you think something like that's going to happen this year i don't know about this year but i think i think a lot of all of this goes back to agenda 2030 right what does 2030 mean in agenda 2030 it's the year 2030. Mm -hmm. Um, We're 2023 now. And I think that the oligarchy, I think they want to accelerate this. I think they're serious about 2030. And I think that they kicked things off in 2020 with the pandemic, the plandemic. And I think they're serious about this. And and they, they say what they're going to do. They think like it was, uh, who was it? It was John Kerry. He said they're... Or Jim Kerry. They're God John kings. John or Jim Kerry. They're enlightened. Okay, they, they're called 
to to bring light and truth to us the the dirty useless masses right so what they do is they they present you with a crisis like coronavirus and then they get the governments to change the laws that work for their the, for right. their reset so they need another they need these crises so so the next crisis would probably relate to the internet or the financial system so they can then imp- but it's all underlying it all is the climate crisis for them that is their that is their god and so they can spin anything to be a climate crisis to to you know, so yeah, the internet needs to be shut down because there's too much commerce and there's too much power being consumed and there's too much human movement. I wonder if the climate crisis thing is just to create division because they could they could get if they could get their reset done, we could hear climate crisis just go away. You know, all these people in all these special groups like the woke groups, the gay groups, the or the trans groups or whatever, you don't realize that the people you're putting power in power could just, once they get power, they'll turn around and make an edict and say, you can't be that anymore. It, no, it's not climate change anymore. It's this way. And and all of these causes that created the division just go away because they have control. And that happened in the Eastern Bloc countries after the Bolshevik revolution mm-hmm. in Russia. They they got all loosey-goosey with their morals. Then the, the, the right people got control or the wrong people, however you want to look at it. And then they just in- implemented whatever social controls they wanted. And, and you could or couldn't be it, and you could or couldn't say it. And if you dissented, you know, you're, you're going off to the gulag. So I, I think that the climate change is, is that for Western society. Maybe they want, maybe, you know, I, I don't know if they really... <clears throat> want electric cars or not that what they what they don't want is a bunch of people with cars yeah they don't want anybody with cars electric ones are you know they like those because they're they're, they're just more controllable and they're, they're limited in down. range they're limited yeah. in range they're easy to shut down here is the official united nations uh, agenda 2030 website the headline Transforming our world, the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. See, their goal is to transform the world. Right. But the way they're going to do it is not, they're not going to be able to get it just by proposing the transformations and then have everybody adopt them. No, they have what to they, do it by force. What they force. do is they have to throw out coronavirus and then they'll ha- they're going to have to at some point throw out the war. They have to throw out the cyber attack, the attack on the financial system, et cetera, so that they can get those elements changed. And then, and then the final stroke will be war. Because that implements everything, you know, all the little bits and pieces. Here they say, we, the heads of state and government and high representatives, meeting at the United Nations headquarters in New York from 25th to the 27th of September 2015, as the organization celebrates its 70th anniversary, have decided today on new global sustainable development goals. On behalf of the peoples we serve, <laughs> let me rewrite that. On the pa- on behalf of the devil we serve, we have adopted a historic oh, decision. <laughs> we have adopted a historic decision on a comprehensive, far-reaching, and people-centered set of universal and transformative goals and targets. We commit ourselves to working tirelessly for the full implementation of this agenda by 2030. Did you vote for that? No. 
We recognize that eradicating poverty in all its forms and dimensions, including extreme poverty, is the greatest global challenge and an indispensable requirement for sustainable development. We are committed to achieving sustainable development in its three dimensions, economic, social, and environmental, in a balanced and integrated manner. We also build upon the achievements of the Millennium Development Goals and seek to address their unfinished business. You read between the lines. That's communism. Sure. That is totalitarianism. That is a, a takeover of the entire world and to transform our, you know, transform our way of life. And, of course, since then, they've let the cat out of the bag and say things like, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. You know, you're going to live in these digital prisons, these cities that are mm-hmm. basically prisons. So the point is, this is a slow-moving process. This is a decade-long process, and it's going to be marked by this uh, change by cataclysm, change by crisis methodology that they clearly have been employing since 2020. Yeah, they're patient people, and but I think they're growing more impatient. A lot of guys like Schwab, Klaus Schwab, he's in his 80s. I think he wants to see. I think he wants to see this play out. He's been working on this for decades. A lot of these guys are in their 80s. You know, a, a lot of the world leaders are old, are old men and women. And mm-hmm. I don't think they want to die with all of this up in the air. I would love for them to die knowing that it failed miserably mm. and that we have this big renaissance of personal liberty and freedom. But I... I also am an unrealistic person, <laughs> and I know that that's going to be a difficult ask. Mm-hmm. So as far as predictions for the year, I think we're just going, in this regard, I think we're going to see more and more of this. I just think they're getting impatient. More climate discussion? Well, just, I think they're going to get more aggressive Okay. Uh, uh, with this implementation of this stuff. And they're going to try to... I, I, I always come back to the CBDC, the Central Bank Digital Currency. Yep. If they can implement that on a large scale, everything else happens almost instantly because they control everything at that point. Because you, you will not be able to buy anything. You will not be able to pay for anything without their approval. In, that, in such a scenario, if they were to wipe out all the current currencies, right? The dollar, mm-hmm. your local currencies, your, you know, your shekels, your dinars, your yens, your whatever. All just, and they just assigned everybody a digital value. Instantly, you have, you have, you've eradicated poverty, and I'm putting air quotes in the air, in the air and you've also eradicated prosperity. Mm-hmm. Because maybe you're a wealthy man now, but they wipe all that out and say, here's your 500 uh, gov coins, same as everybody on the planet's been issued or everybody in the country. And here are the approved things you can spend it on. And no, you cannot buy a car. No, you cannot buy land. And you can buy food, but only enough for a week. And if you buy more, we're turning your gov coin off. Yeah. And the implications there are, are... terrifying so what do you think will happen towards cbdc's then during the year i think we're going to see, see a lot advertising? of advertising a lot of propaganda a lot of legwork uh, is going to be uh, pushed on us 
I think digital is going to be pushed on us a lot in the coming months and years. The digitization of everything, digital IDs, digital currencies, do more digitally, more, no more cash. Uh, and yeah, then, I can see that for sure. And then... I just don't think they're going to get their full CBDC without a war and without ration accounts. Yeah, I think you're right, and which is why... They have a war sort of warming up, right? They kind of have and that in their back pocket. that's why it's warming up. They have yeah, that in their back it's pocket. In, it's in process simultaneously because it's a necessary coordinated <clears throat> ingredient. I think they know that a lot of this, a lot of these sustainable development goals don't happen without a war. I think they know right. that. Digital IDs, is there... A move to get a digital driver's license here in Utah? Yeah, there has been for a while. I don't, it's, again, it's slow moving, but it's, Utah has been on the list. I, I use that loosely. I don't know if there's an actual list, but Utah seems to always be a part of these like pilot programs. <laughs> digital ID, uh, 10 minute cities, 15 minute cities, whatever the number is. I think there's talk of that here in, in bike the lanes area. everywhere. Yeah, right. You've got, I think this mayor of Salt Lake is building one of these little tiny home, homeless shelter communities, which is just going to be a disaster. You can't have people coming and going in these little homes and not ex- and expect them to just be trashed because they don't own them. It's just going to be- Oh, it's for homeless people? Yeah. It's a tiny way, homes for homeless people? Yeah. It's a way to house homeless people, but it's not like they're- transferring the deed to them and saying, this is now your home. It's just another shelter system as far as I understand it. And you know, it's just going to get trashed because nobody owns it. The people own it. (laughs) Right. People that don't pay for it, (laughs) don't don't pay for the maintenance, don't pay for the upkeep, have no incentive to keep it up. And so it'll just become a crime ridden trash bin. Yeah. Yeah. So Utah, what uh, we we don't normally talk Utah specifically. What what anything interesting going to happen in Utah? I think the Utah Jazz will finish the season around five hundred, which will be an overachievement based on their preseason expectations. Okay, <laughs> I think they'll continue their no whites allowed scholarship program. Um, <laughs> um I, I think. You know, it's not a it's not a election year in Utah as far as governors goes, but I I think Spencer Cox is going to have a rough year. I think he's uh, he'll. I just think he how went, many gaffes? How many major gaffes? Every time he speaks, it's a gaff. Yeah, but how many major ones are going to hit the news? Eh, not very many because I'd, the news doesn't cover him in a critical okay. way. He's got a very very sympathetic press here in Utah. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that is, because he's he's not exactly a charismatic or uh, inspirational. Well, the reason person. that it's they're sympathetic is because that's the program. Well, right, but sometimes you can understand, like, oh, people like that person. Like Ron DeSantis seems to be well liked, mm-hmm. which he is has why the, to be because which, he's fighting. Which is why the press doesn't. The grain. He, he doesn't have a sympathetic press. Yeah. But I I just think the the guys who went so deep into the COVID narrative, like Spencer Cox, I think are going to have a rough year 
locally, especially in communities okay. that resisted so were, some of that, like, uh, like get, Utah. Let me give you an organization that went deep into the COVID narrative, the LDS Church. What's, that, what's their year like? I think it's, uh, you know, the church is expert at shrugging off criticism. So really, no more mention of it? Well, the press is also very sympathetic to the, towards the LDS church because the, program. The, the press is mostly made up of LDS people. Yeah. So I, I don't think, you know, and you're, you're referring specifically to well, is it cl- is the it letter? Not clear now? Yeah, is it not clear now that the vaccines don't work? They don't provide, if they provide any immunity at all, they don't provide lasting immunity. They, they are cause, they have dangerous side effects. And, you know, it's really kind of up in the air as to whether they even lessen symptoms. Right. So really they don't do anything they said they were going to do. Right. They're neither fact, safe they're, nor they're effective. A net, they're a net negative. I think in most people's minds, they're not necessarily doing all the math, but it's like, I think this might be a net negative. This might be damaging, this not might, helpful. I think 2023 is going to be the year of vaccine regret. And you're already seeing that. Like Elon Musk said that. He's, he regrets taking it and he felt, he says he was forced to take it to go into Germany to go to some business meetings, which I don't totally buy that. Elon, if you didn't want it, you could have arranged something else. Elon Musk could have figured that out. You, you could have zoomed in on the meeting. You could have said, I'm not. Well, he could have said, listen, I'm the richest man in the world, and I will do X, Y, Z if you right. want to meet with me. But Elon's an interesting case, and we may need to have a whole episode on breaking down Elon Musk and who he is and what is he really up to. But uh, I think it's going to be the year of vaccine regret. There's a doctor here in Utah you may have heard of who is alleged who allegedly gave kids fake vaccines and right and why do they want to why do they want to harass these people legally for doing that right well they're saying he's yeah he's being charged with like why, de- why defrauding the US government or something it's like right. <laughs> he should be charged with uh, helping a lot of people avoid right. a dangerous poison right now, some people have pointed out, he's like, well, how are his lies better than the government lies about the vaccine? It's like, well, his well, lies his, didn't hurt anybody. His patients, weren't, his patients were aware, right? His patients needed, needed uh, papers. There's some question whether the, oh, the patients were know? aware or not. But, <laughs> but his lies didn't hurt people. You're not going to get hurt by a saline shot. And we know, especially for kids, that COVID was next to harmless. So it'll be interesting to see if the state um, really pushes you know, uh, these charges and really cracks down on this guy, um, or if they sort of just sweep it under the rug. Because if they do push the vaccine, or if they do push these charges on him, they make a martyr out of him really quick. Really quick. Yeah. And I don't think they want to do that. I don't think they want to bring attention to the fact that they all lied or were misled or deceived about the vaccine. And that's where, like, I, I think people like Spencer Cox, the governor of Utah, who was so all in on this, I th- think they're going, and, and the church, for that matter, they're going to be quiet about it because they don't want to bring attention to it, and they're hoping we all just forget. And we're hoping we all just say, oh, they did the best they could with the information they had. That's kind of been the, the Scott Adams, the author of Dilbert, 
is kind of coming around and realizing he was wrong, that the vaccine is a problem. And But his take on it has always been, well, the data just wasn't reliable. And a lot of people are pushing back on him saying the data was always there. We've been saying it all along. The data about COVID, the data about the vaccines, like everything has been out there. And there's good, smart people that have been saying COVID's not as dangerous as we're being told, or ivermectin is, is working, or, you know, pick your controversy, and then especially with the vaccine. From the very beginning, people have been skeptical that these vaccines are going to do what they claimed. Even, and they've used, they aren't just saying that because they're anti-vaccine. They're saying that because the clinical trials, the data in those was suspect. They are very small sample size. So to get back to the prediction, it's going to be the vaccine regret year. And then I think the people that pushed it really hard are going to be trying to keep a low profile so that they aren't held accountable and they aren't forced to answer difficult questions like, why did you push this on people under your influence? I hope for that. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I want that to happen because mm-hmm. there needs to be some reckoning. I, don't, I, I think there's going to be at least one significant controversy for the LDS Church this year. I don't know that... Uh, um, I, I, I doubt it's going to be the vaccine, but I think right. people... I think they've lost... I think they've already lost the hearts and minds of, of many people who were previously, you know, all in. Due to, due to that vaccine letter, and I think that fallout is going to continue to gradually show as they, as people slough off. Just this is like more of a slow um, shedding of. Yeah, see, a lot the church issue is hard because you, some people just stop going, but other people continue to go. Because it's a family thing; it's a mm-hmm. traditional thing, but they're not bought into it. So, I think with the. Um, you're starting to see policies mim- mimic that in that they they are lowering the standards for everything that we used to used to be had to be really gung ho to go on a mission used to be that uh you know they really pushed home teaching numbers and but the program it's just becoming mush mm-hmm. it's be- it's becoming very mushy and it's like yeah as long as you as long as you say the right things and promote loyalty to the right people you're considered a good Mormon now. That's almost that's almost all the all that you have to do. Well, and the church has been public with their <clears throat> with their uh, uh, alliance with the Sustainable Development Goals and the UN. And there's an article this last week on the church website celebrating 10 years with UNICEF, which is a UN organization, and it's sort of this this. You've seen this push for um, this new term, right? It's been over the last few years. This gl- the, the church is calling itself a global church, and I think they're and trying a global faith leader, right? And I think they're trying really hard to be a, have a seat at these tables. And you could argue that that they're doing it for good reasons, or this reason, or that reason. But it's undeniable that there's been a a more significant over the last say five to ten years a more significant effort to be accepted by these big global organizations, these NGOs, right? Non-government government organizations like the UN, like the WEF, like the NAACP. You've seen a lot of, uh, of this kind of thing. And I think that has people scratching their heads. 
Well, I, I agree with you on that, that the, they're going to continue to push this global church marketing thing as if it's a good thing. And, and they will act like that's, you know, all the cool kids are doing it. All the cool kids are into the UN. You know, we've always been in the UN, blah, 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 blah. Meanwhile, they're going to lose all, a lot of people, at least mentally, if they haven't already. I mean, I think the, the Ezra Taft Benson Republican Mormons prepper types are really on edge right now. And there, there's a, there's a huge, um, identity crisis going on, I think amongst a lot of members because they, those types realize the, the more conservative Mormons are realizing, Hey, we're not in Kansas anymore. Right. This is so not your speak. father's Oldsmobile. This, this ain't your father's Oldsmobile. Yeah. 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 I, so t- 2023 is going to, it, it could be a year of accountability for a lot of this stuff for, for everybody, you know, all these different organizations. There's a huge, uh, you know, the medical field, there's a, they have a crisis of trust. Do you, like, I, I I'm not going to trust a doctor. Like, well, I, I, there are, I, I will trust I'll tell doctors. You what, I'll tell people. you what, I care a lot more about getting to know the doctor. Like I know if right. I have a friend that's a doctor and I'm thinking, and it's a woman, and I'm thinking, I would think I need to go see her I, for even just the little, little tiny things. It's like, I'm not walking into somebody else's office. Right. Yeah. I, I'm not going to go see a doctor that I know was a lockdowner and a mask pusher and a vax pusher. I'm just not going to, I'm not going to do that. And, and hopefully, hopefully I don't have a need. Hopefully there's not an emergency need where, mm-hmm. you know, I have this sort of fear in the back of my mind that I'm going to be on a hospital bed needing some emergency surgery of some kind. And along the way, they stick me with the vaccine or other things I didn't consent to. Right. Because I don't, I don't trust any of these people. And, and I know there's good, honest nurses and doctors out there. And if you're one of those people, you should start speaking up because your entire profession is destroyed. You're, it's ruined. The, the trust, you, you've gone from some of the most trusted people in the world to some of the most distrusted and journalists are the same way. If you're a good, honest journalist out there, you better start speaking up because your profession is wrecked. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe, maybe 2023 is the year where a lot of that comes to a head. I mean, we know the mainstream media is not trusted, but that trickles down to local. You think I trust the local guys, the KSL guys and the Deseret News guys? Of course not. Yeah. And, and until they start speaking truth, well, it just in the I'm last not trust them. just in the last couple of months, it's almost become like, look, they're just lying about everything. Every what they're talking about is irrelevant, it's and, and it's blatant. mostly lies. It's so just, why even t- why even tune into them? Right. So maybe 20, 2023 becomes a year of accountability and reckoning, and and it's hard to put some of these tr- predictions into the you know, the space of a 12, yeah, a year, right? Yeah, but that's what you have to do because that's, that's what, what we do. That's but, what the news media or the, the, but it's trends. All the and, people want in the media field. And that's where it could get dangerous though. If, if the needle or the, you know, the, if things start to tip to where it gets to a, a point of like mass, uh, critical mass on some of these things, they're going to have to throw in a new crisis to distract us, to make sure that we don't hold these people accountable. We make sure that there isn't a critical mass that says, right. you screwed up our whole lives, and now we're going to 
hang you from a right. We'd, pole. we'd love to. We'd love to talk about that. We'd love to talk about all this corruption and Hunter Biden symbolically hang you from a pole. Hunter Biden. <laughs> Uh, laptop, uh, yeah, vaccine injuries. Yeah, we'd really love to talk about that. But you know what? We just drafted your three oldest children into the military. Right. And we, they've got to go fight this war because right. there was a cyber attack that we blamed on Russia or a financial attack that we blamed on Russia or a nuclear attack that we blamed on Russia. Right. Or, all all those three, or all of the above. Or all of the above that we blamed on Russia. Right. We'd love to, but I'm sorry. I mean, that... That idea is so unpalatable. It's like you, these are evil people. I mean, just our health, health and human services here in in Utah. Or what do we call it? The health department, the state of Utah. They've just pr- proven that this executive branch is full of liars and sycophants and and uh, right. people who, people who are just are statist who, whose whose minds are blown, and they're the ones that are going to be running all these programs that related to war and they take your tax money they 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 spend it they choose who 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 builds the high highways who builds the the state buildings they they have way too much power yeah if you cuz they get way too much money if you don't think there's corruption right here in your local governments you need to just go to a city council meeting and they'll just openly talk about all these conflicts of interest so that they don't even realize or don't care that are conflicts of interest like you know, hiring hiring their brother-in-law to build the city park or whatever. Mm-hmm. It becomes <laughs> it becomes the nature of almost all men. As soon as they get a little authority, as they suppose, as they suppose. So anyway, uh, listeners, you're welcome. We know <laughs> that you wanted another black pill episode. <laughs> Are there what any? Are, good, what are some positive? We have some positive predictions we can maybe close out on. I think. Well, I think that. I think a lot of good can come out of uh, a year of reckoning and uh, acknowledging that what was done to us was terrible, and I think a lot of good can come from that. A lot of people can apologize. A lot of things can be uh, restituted. I hope. I mean, there's some things that'll never, you can never give back. Or uh, so you're saying, people can repent. People can, and there's they have a great opportunity. We, of course, we all we all have continual repentance, right? But there's a great opportunity for some people who were in positions of influence and power who hurt a lot of people. I who, think that, who can repent. I think this year the contrasts are going to continue to become even more stark. That the light will continue to break forth. I mm-hmm. think these organ. I, I don't think it bodes well. For example, the church. I know we try to stay away from that, but we have to come to grips with the fact that they heavily promoted the vaccine, and it's becoming clear that it's killing people. Right. I mean, what about the NFL guy? You were telling me the the, the NFL has gone to great lengths to try to insinuate that he's okay. Well, yeah, maybe he is okay. I I don't know, but, but that's like a big that's like a watershed moment, right? Like that's a big breaking point, right? Because that's national television. Everybody saw it. It was a big deal. They you couldn't hide it. And, and if he's it, dead, they might try to invent that he's still alive for a while. <laughs> and it's really hard to make this look like it was a football related thing. It was a it was a routine tackle. It wasn't like he got hit real hard in the chest with someone's helmet. It doesn't even matter. That happens all the time in football. Right. It happens all the time. And those shoulder pads 
are heavy duty that these guys play with, especially across the chest. Yeah, there was and, a, there were some doctors on Twitter immediately after that happened trying to explain that he got hit hard in the chest or something. That this was a there's a rare occurrence. It happens more in hockey and lacrosse. When you get hit with a, you get hit in the chest right at the right moment, and it stops your heart. There was a there was a, a famous occurrence here in Utah where a kid was hit in yeah, a lacrosse but that's not game. a heart attack. That's not right. tissue damage. Right. That's not like a, a, a month-long recovery. This kid collapsed and was dead on the field, and they zapped him with the stuff, the, defib. the defibrillators, and he, they brought him back. And I think that story was actually shared in a general conference, but mm-hmm. it was a, it's a great story. And some of the local, you know, like it was... It was a big deal here locally. Different sport. Different sport. And, and again, in lacrosse has, and hockey have gone to great lengths to provide that protection of the heart. It's not an issue in football as much because the contact is different. You don't have a very concentrated... When has it ever been an issue in football? I don't right. remember ever hearing about Think about, about the about number of football. Football's been around for a long time. There's it's thousands of popular. games played... I mean, millions of games if you go into the high school levels, and you just don't hear much about this. Now here we're in an era of athletes collapsing all over the world, and it finally happens in the NFL on national TV, a primetime game, and I think it opened a lot of people's eyes. I think people maybe in the backs of their minds were thinking, this is weird, all this died suddenly. Then it happens in their domain right the world what they care about the nfl is america's church i mean it really is it's a sunday thing and people treat it yep. very seriously and i look i enjoy watching the nfl it's one of the few sports leagues i still watch despite all of its well, as issues. far as far as gladiatorial <clears throat> contest it's it's spectacular it is and it's surprising and the way to the game me, is played is spectacular they you run and you Boom! Yeah, they blow up. It's like they it, they're running it, along, and then they run into each other, and they, right. or they lay out, and they and there's so many opportunities for these incredibly acrobatic catches, uh, such deft movement, the just the the artistry of the whole thing. These these it, athletes are amazing. It's an amazing combination of brute force and precision. Like yeah, and here you had this 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 guy collapse and. Look, let's remember the NFL covered up concussions. They went to great lengths to cover up concussions for a long time. For a long, long time, and they still won't acknowledge. Yeah, they're fighting against that. You think they're not going to try to spin somebody's, you know, a much more serious injury or death? <laughs> I'm not saying they are or aren't, but. They don't have a great track record for transparency and honesty about their players' health. Well, uh, Bobby's mm-hmm. kind of laughing because I guess you saw at the Bills game that they had this guy out. That they 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 said that he was at the game in the yeah booth. last last night. The Bills played the Bengals in the playoffs, and it should have been the type of game that the Bills Who win, won? right? Because it was in Buffalo and there was a snowstorm, and you mm-hmm. think, oh, the Bills are unstoppable. The Bengals win that. The Bengals whooped them. Oh, okay. But during the game, you know, they cut to this long shot, right? It's like zoomed way in, but not quiet enough. Because what I'm saying, the reason I'm saying that is because they, they could have gone to an interior shot. Well, they could have had, the, the, they could have had the info babe come interview him. 
<clears throat> right. But they say it's Hamlin, right? They say it's That's him. That's the guy that collapsed. And it's this camera from outside. He's up in the booth, right? Up in the indoor part of the stadium behind a window. And it's snowing. The snow is just obscuring the image. And then he's standing up waving with both arms because he knows he somehow, you know, they probably tell him, hey, you're going to be on the camera. But he's wearing a mask and a hood. And he's kind of backlit. And you got the snow. And he's black. And it's just like, that could be anybody. And I remember even last night watching it, just thinking, well, that could be anybody. And then, of course, Twitter blows up with all the conspiracies that it wasn't him, that he died on the field, that this is a cover-up. And there has been a suspicious lack of, like, pictures and video of him. Like you said, they could have interviewed him. How are you feeling? He could hold a press conference. And by uh, by all accounts, this is a really cool guy. Like he's got a he, he's a younger NFL player. He's already got a foundation. He's always trying already trying to do good with all the right. the money that he's earning and stuff. Seems like a really cool guy. And he's he's the type that would probably want to get out and be like, "Hey, right. I'm okay," and and maybe offer some clarity. Yeah, say say uh, here's on- what happened. I'm okay. Uh, even even if he. Uh, you know, even if he's not willing to go out and say, "I wish I hadn't take the va- taken the vaccine" or something like that, if he do- if he wants to avoid that, all he has to do is is uh, come out and talk really positive about the NFL and all his future prospects, and ask people to donate to his right his charities and 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 you know to root for his team. I and mean, there's all kinds of ways to spin this that, and you've seen it done over and over and over again. So the fact that they right. haven't had a press conference yet, well, it'd be interesting to see. So the Bills got eliminated; they're no longer. Well, now they can just kind of fade away. And I'm wondering if we'll just never hear this guy again. We'll see. Anyway. <clears throat> For those that have eyes to see and ears to hear, I think the contrasts are becoming very st- stark. Like, there's, t- there's too much surrounding that. They're, they're, they, like, in, in a different world, well, not even in a different world, in this world, if that guy was okay, if he could, if he could put two sentences together, he would be on camera already. Like they would have him like, look, here he is. He's fine. Yeah. I think you're right. There's, there's no way that they, they would use that. They would use that for uh, monetary purposes. Uh, they'd run it up the flagpole. There's no way that that guy is able to speak or whatever. If, if they haven't already put him on camera. Just, I mean, we've just seen it way too many times. Right. You, you, that's just part of the color commentary. That's part of the pregame, part of the during the game. In the it was meantime, such a big event. How did you? How did you feel? How did you feel when you found out the whole team was the, that they shut the game down? Did you want the? How did you feel about the the fact that your team didn't finish the game? How How did you feel when you, right. you found out the nation was praying for you? Just think of the questions they want to ask that guy. Well, and and <clears throat> being around athletics. And have him give his answer and being around athletics and athletes most of my whole life. You, I would think that he would have been down there on the sideline during that game. This is a playoff game. He's healthy enough to attend, but he's not healthy enough to be on the sideline. Maybe he has some brain damage and, and, and that's what, and it was the real guy. And they're just like, Hey, wave your arms. Maybe, maybe he's got like a childlike, uh, um, mentality right now or something. It's possible he was hurt pretty bad. 
I think I think the bottom line though is that the American public has a right to know if this indeed was a vaccine injury. Now again, eyes to see, ears to hear, it's pretty obvious that this was another case of propaganda. Well, another case of of collapsing suddenly, right? We've seen it all over the the world, the oh, yeah. sports world. Uh, you've seen it a lot in soccer. And I don't know why it, it seems like it's more concentrated in the European soccer leagues. Maybe AstraZeneca, which was prominent over there, was more dangerous. I think that's been taken off the market. You had a Fox News producer who was in his 40s die suddenly this week. Like th- these, these stories aren't going away and everyone's trying to ignore it. Ignore it. Yeah. Oh, it's stroke season. Stroke season. <laughs> it's died suddenly season. You know, heart attacks have always been a part of uh, young, healthy people's lives. We, you know, athletes always live in fear of a heart attack. You know, and there, there, there's been that one, there's been that famous case of Hank Gathers, you know, Leola Marymount basketball player who died mm-hmm. on the floor. That mm-hmm. was a, 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 an anomaly. That was it. And, and that's that was the only the, one I remember that was from in when the I was 80s. younger. That was like in the 80s. Yeah. And that was a big deal. But now you're seeing it much more common. And I think that, We've got to we've got to do a proper investigation on this, and we have to have a reckoning. You, you, we have to have a reckoning. That'd be my final prediction: is we have, or not even a prediction, but a plea. We have to have a proper reckoning, uh, so we can, so we can correct the problem, so we can fix the mistakes and move on. Because nobody, this leads to dystopia. This kind of uh, cover up. Well, I think what this demonstrates is that we actually do have a dystopia. Right. And the uh, dystopias would go through phases where, you know, where people don't realize it. And then uh, the next generation comes along and it's understood that we live in a dystopia. Mm -hmm. And can you do anything about it? That's the big question. Right. And I guess that's the, the big question that we need to answer is, can we do anything about it? And I guess the question that keeps me up at night too is, What's next? <laughs> well, I think for a lot of things, the, that question has many facets that I ponder and wonder about. I think I picked this up from Martin Armstrong, and, and I'm not saying we should put all our faith in him or anything like that, but uh, I do think 2023 is going to be a year of chaos. I think he's right about that. Chaos is probably the best way I would want to describe what we're what we're going to see this year. One thing after another just no no res- respite no um yeah no real place to rest you you're going to you can just keep having problem after problem and it will i think it will be in in people's personal lives and on the national stage it's like we're seeing layoffs big time layoffs going on everywhere and i think that's going to spread like a cancer through the uh the society but at the same time if you're a business owner you probably won't be able to find the people you want to fill your mm-hmm. to fill your jobs, which is a, a strange paradox, right? Right. But uh, I think there's things you can do in your own life to inoculate yourselves. You're proposing a vaccine against some of this stuff. Uh, just be, you know, as we always talk about, just get prepared, whatever that means in your own personal life. Temporarily prepared, spiritually prepared, mental, emotional. Uh, and understand, I think it goes a long way just to understand that 
what you hear from major sources, institutions, is probably a lie. If it's not a lie outright, it's got some sort of an agenda behind it. Right. And just you have to just take it for what it's worth, which is usually not very much. But usually there's enough in there to, to warn you about what might be coming. Like I keep saying, these people tell us what they're going to do. Yeah, they are. And take them for their word. Yeah, yeah they, they're nuts, sure. They are, but to- they're, they're totally doing that. <laughs> they might be nuts, but they're also uh, uh, influential enough to carry out their insanity. Right. Well, somewhat of a black pill episode. <laughs> yeah, that's normal. <laughs> well, well, we do appreciate you listening. Leave your own predictions uh, in the comments, or if you've got something to say that, uh, you know, if you got a, if if you have a bone to pick or something, if we're off base, let us know. We need to be more controversial because that's when these people come out and and uh, yeah. speak to us on the website. Yeah, that's how we get more clicks, right? Yeah, but we have to say something that they disagree with. Right, like, like all a, of our like, listeners must be black pilled. Like Avatar is a bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen any good movies lately? Um, Did you see the second Avatar? No, I haven't. I don't really want to pay money for it. I've watched some. I got caught up when I was on my trip. I got caught up on some television shows mm. on the long plane rides. I watched Yellowstone, which everyone told me to watch, and that was the whole fun. thing. Yeah. <laughs> all five and a half seasons on the plane you were able to watch it on the two plane rides the, you know there and back because those were long yeah there long was a, I, I was a couple episodes i couldn't watch because i didn't get them properly downloaded but I, I just watched them when i got home but um but no movies no i haven't seen a whole lot of movies recently like i said i got caught up on some television shows and then i've been practicing for the apocalypse a little bit and just it's, I'm getting into the busy season with my um, my career. It's not a career, my job. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, practicing for the apocalypse. Everybody wants to know what that means. Oh, it's, that's the video game. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, Fallout seventy. Everybody already knew what that meant, except for Jordan. If you'd like to play Fallout seventy six with me, maybe leave a comment. Maybe we can arrange something. <laughs> I think I can think of three or four people that'll probably contact you. Maybe we should have a uh, uh, a Mind Virus podcast listener Twitch stream. So if you're into that, if you just leave your real email address in the when you make a comment on the website, we will see that, but the internet will not. And Bobby can email you. Please don't leave uh, doxable information in <laughs> the comments for liberals, for the, uh, I don't even like to use the word liberals, statists, oligarchists, for them to pick up on. Well, okay. We will see you again next week. I'm all predicted out. And uh, yeah, leave your own predictions in the comments and we we will read them on the air. This is the air, right? We will read them. Until, yes, we will. Until then, everybody take care of yourselves, practice for the apocalypse, and we will talk to you again next week. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>